ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is episode 31 of season 3, the Christmas episode, Fireside. There you go. My name is Russ Shaw. Welcome. Merry Christmas as I'm recording this, 2013. I am your host, Russ Shaw. The website for the ASI podcast is asi247.org. That's right, .org. And uh, that's where all the magic happens. Yes, little Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer dubstep on the podcast today. The music on the podcast today, the that is Christ Mix dubstep Christmas songs by a boy in a band is the uh, YouTube channel. He also sells some of his songs on uh, iTunes as well. From what is said on the video, uh, the other Rudolph remix is by... Districts remix versus Gwen's remix by K Bam. Anyway, I'll put links to that on the website asi247.org. You click on the music tab and you can download it or listen to or watch on YouTube or whatever. A lot of the songs that I play here on the podcast. ASI Fireside. I haven't done one of these in a while, right? Sitting by the fire here in my basement. And uh, I threw a piece of cedar in there. So it would pop and make noise. Uh, if you hear it, I don't know. <laughs> I've got the noise-canceling technology on this device. Uh, what is ASI? Some of you listening are new. Uh, just recently joined the NoFap Nation, which is... Uh, for those of you who don't know, I talked about this in an article on the last show, which was in GQ magazine, and this article had uh, referenced the no-fappers as a, uh, some scientific research that was done through the website, or social science kind of research. For those of you who don't know, NoFap is a website on Reddit. It's a community of folks who are... Uh, what they call uh, partaking in the ultimate challenge, which is to abstain from masturbation and from pornography for a period of time. Just wanted to throw out a th- few things right at the beginning. I've read the no fab, you know, uh, terms and conditions, and I agree, right? Um, I do this show from a Christian perspective, but I'm not a religious person. I'm like I'm a Christian. I'm called to love other Christians, but I have a hard time liking them. All right, I don't like most Christians. Most of my fellow Christians, especially here in the U.S., there's just this kind of shallow, plastic behavior, kind of shaming, 
deal that is just not very Christian at all. It has no bearing in, in what real first century um, old school uh, Christianity is. So, do I come from that worldview, all right? My ground level, root level way of thinking is is theological at its roots. But I do enjoy psychology. I do enjoy neuroscience. I consider myself someone who is uh, knows more than the average cat about such uh, such topics as uh, psychology in the in the 21st century. Done some study on on that kind of thing. But I'm also a uh, I'm a bit of a theologian, right? Like, I believe in God, I believe there is a God, I believe there's a creator God, but I'm not going to get all religious on you. I'm not going to shake the wagging finger of shame in your face. That would be totally hypocritical from my point, so just chillax, all right? I'm glad you're listening, and uh, I'm glad you're along for the ride. This podcast is for folks who, yeah, that's part of their story. They want to stop having something own them that totally in control of, right? Is sexual self-control or sexual integrity. I named the website uh, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity because uh, it takes attitude, right? Just making up your mind to, to, to decide to do something is not enough, right? There has to be a certain amount of emotional, mm, right? So I'm going to do this kind of attitude going on. Uh, integrity is basically... As far as your sexual life, that you would have, I I know what the word means, but basically, I've got the. What, I worked in a machine shop. All right, and this is part of the word integrity. Does the the part have integrity? So I, I worked on parts that they put on airplanes. I work in the Seattle area. Boeing is a huge company here. There's a lot of Boeing contractors that make parts, and the company I worked for made control rods and. Parts that steered the airplane or parts that kept the helicopter in the air, right? Like important stuff. So each part of the process, the the manufactured part would have to have integrity for that part of the process. Does that make sense? So it would come off of the lathe, for example, and it would have to be to a certain spec. And once that part was passed from that place to its next place in the manufacturing process, it would have integrity. So it doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means that for the process that you're in, where what's your integrity? How is your integrity? All right. Uh, another thing about the podcast, I am a Christian. Um, I'm not going to bait and switch you here. This is not some you know, oh, you know, here, Jesus, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to shove the Jesus pill down your throat. I'm not a religious person. Um, Jesus Christ is my savior, not my religion. I respect and admire people who can think for themselves. Um, I've had chats and talks with people of other religions, with atheists, and, and I like it when people can explain, right, when, when people can uh, tell me their, their worldview, right, that they know it. One of the things when I was really jacked up and sexually addicted was I didn't scrutinize my own worldview. I was really good at picking apart other people's, right? Like, here's why you're an idiot, or here's why your thing is wrong. Here's why Christianity is stupid. I used to think that, too. 
Um, I didn't even want to teach it to my kids. <laughs> that's just a shaming, guilt-ridden thing. And that's really not what it is, but that's what I thought at the time. And rather than a big part of my recovery was rather than uh, looking at other people's worldview and picking them apart, I had to really scrutinize my own. Does that make sense? So again, uh, I respect you for your worldview. Please respect mine, I guess, right? That doesn't mean you can't ask questions, but at the same time, have enough um, wherewithal or enough attitude to be able to understand your own position before picking apart someone else's, right? On your root level, what you believe, who you are, right? The, the roots of you, your heart, your soul, where does it belong? Where does it go? Be honest about that. We love to judge other people based on their worldview, and that is simply where I'm coming from. Um, I think Christianity is a horrible religion, but it's a pretty awesome worldview. All right. Religious Christians don't get it. <laughs> okay. I just, I won't go too much into that. I don't want to get too redundant and stuff I've already said. You can uh, check out the website for more information on that. Um, I, I'll talk about some of it towards the end of the show. But what I wanted to talk about today and get into was some of the no fappers who were talking about um, their tablets or their smartphones or technology. What do we do about technology? Like, I don't want to have to get rid of my tablet because I need it for work, for one thing, playing games on it. I mean, tablets are part of our day-to-day -day lives now. People read books, magazines on tablet computers. It's just a really awesome way to distribute media. So do I have to get rid of it in order to keep my integrity, right, my sexual integrity for what I've, the, the challenge that I've committed my life to, <laughs> to use nofap or terminology, right? Got an email from a listener who uh, told me this was a while back, he said he had a relapse. And so I asked him, you know, well, how are you doing? You know, where, where's your community at, right? Are you going to a group? Are you talking to people? Are you listening to the podcast, right? Are you connected with some guys online? Um, and he said, no, I got rid of my smartphone and I got rid of my computer. And, and, and he still relapsed, right? So sometimes cutting off... The technology isn't good because what you're doing is you're also cutting yourself off from the community that's helping you. Does that make sense? I guess I wouldn't have to tell you no fappers about that. But I, I see the need for some clarification about, you know, hey, I'd rather just get rid of my tablet if, it, if I keep falling back into this. Also, I wanted to put a plug in for my friend John Glisson's website, which is called The Purity Report, which is an awesome website if you are a Christian or curious about the Christian faith and how that pertains to not fapping, as they say on NoFap, which is basically masturbating, using pornography, um, or, or just masturbating. His website is an, is an awesome uh, community as well. It's been around for, for years, and John does a, a really good job of monitoring and uh, shepherding hearts, 
as it were, on that website. That's purityreport.com. Uh, I've been doing shows on the 12 steps because I'm kind of, I was a 12 step skeptic for a lot of my life. 12 steps. Did they help with drugs and alcohol? When I, I was a drug addict, I used alcohol excessively. I actually died for two minutes, drank myself to death when I was 16 years old. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm no stranger to recovery. Um, but as far as the 12 steps go, I, I, I've been doing some shows on that. I'm taking a break from that for this episode at the end of the year here and this Christmas episode. Um, again, to kind of bring people back up to speed and maybe uh, issue, get in your heart a new challenge. Um, think about some new motivation, some new purpose towards where you're going and why. So that's why uh, I haven't forgot about the 12 steps, all right? I'm on step eight and continuing forward. But today, again, going back to the topic, talking about tablets, um, Christmas is coming, and a lot of you will probably get smartphones and tablets, right? And if you struggle with sexual integrity, these kinds of technology may be tough for you to have on your person, right? Some of the nofappers, somebody was talking about that. How do I keep my iPad and stay, right, keep this, the challenge going, keep my integrity intact, and still have an iPad because it seems so tempting to look at pornography on it. I wrote down some steps and some rules. And this is basically from some information I learned at uh, Oxford University, listening to lectures online um, in the discipline, if you will, in psychology, which is called cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and more poignant than that, these guys that wrote a book, uh, I can't remember their names right off if you want to Google it, but it's Mindfulness uh, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, uh, doing some research on that and how it affects people who suffer from depression and anxiety. A lot of times, man, when it comes to addiction, especially sexual addiction or right behavior that you're unable to control, a lot of this is tied to anxiety and depression. It is a response to it. It is a way to feel better in the moment. Um, stress has us react in our lives. And that's part of what mindfulness cognitive behavior therapy is. So uh, cognitive behavior therapy in a nutshell is basically this. What you think about right? Those thoughts that run through your head, you have a uh, cognitions, right? You're, you speak to yourself and talk to yourself more than you talk to anyone else. Most of the dialogue that goes on in your life is not with other people. It's with yourself. It's part of your decision-making. It's part of your self-talk and how you think about your life the things that happen in your life, how you process stress, for example, how you process your day is going to have you feel a certain way. All right. So if we change the way we think, we can also change the way we feel. And if we can change the way we feel, we can change our habits. All right. So that's cognitive behavior therapy in a, in a nutshell. In some of my studies on addiction, I've 
got into studying hoarding behavior. I don't know if you've seen this reality show called Hoarders where people are just, you know, have all this stuff in their house and they can't walk around and their house becomes nasty and a mess and there's rats and, you know, the Hoarders team moves in and helps these people in kind of a recovery mode, right? Give them counseling, um, try and help them live a life that's more functional because <laughs> they've made it a total mess of, of their living space, right? They can't even move around. So that's hoarding behavior. What's cool is there's a lot more written on the theological side of this than there is, right, on the psychological side because Christians, for example, have been practicing sexual purity for thousands of years. All addiction, as I've studied on the theological side, all addiction is basically hoarding, all right? And there's something I've noticed with tablets that can be very much like alcoholism. Um, alcoholics will hide their booze, right? Hide it around the house in different areas. If you own a tablet, there's two kinds of tablets, right? There's a tablet where if you make some money, you probably have your tablet on your mobile subscriber line. So if you're with T-Mobile or AT&T, for example, you have your tablet, like your smartphone, hooked up to a data line. Now, there's folks who don't have that, and their tablet simply runs on Wi-Fi. So if they're in a Wi-Fi connection, they can download content. Um, what I've seen is where if you're addicted and you have a tablet and you start to kind of hoard sexual material, that's where I would watch your motivations, right? Why are you starting to hoard that material? Because if you can turn off your... See, again, it's, it's the same window to get help as it is to go back into the behavior that you don't want to do. Does that make sense? So you can open up another window and say, hey, I'm about to fail. It's like having your phone on you to call your sponsor <laughs> in, the, in the AA term. But what we do, we tend to want to hoard. Um, again, this is a theological way of looking at this. Hoarding is basically the opposite of generosity. It's the opposite of, of having a giving, loving, flowing out kind of heart. Does that make sense? The opposite of generosity is to hoard everything to yourself. Sex addicts are basically um, intimacy hoarders. We have a need, you know, this, this need to be connected to other people, this need to have intimacy in our life, and then it starts to play out sexually. Because we, instead of giving it away and actually going out and meeting people, being in people's lives, we tend to want to hoard it. So that's something to maybe journal about, talk about, um, not being a, a sexual hoarder. Does that make sense? And realizing that your tablet can be a storage space for when you're in your connectivity area for Wi-Fi or whatever it may be. Um, if you have any of that stuff on your tablet or on your smartphone, get rid of it. Get rid of it now. Any pornographic material, delete it. Now, hit pause on this podcast and do that. Are you back? Okay, good. So what do you do? Um, I, wrote, I wrote a few rules here that you're going to have to have. You have a relationship with your iPad, all right? Going back to being mindful, 
right? <laughs> Some mindfulness. The word mindful in the uh, Webster's Dictionary basically means inclined to be aware. Um, the Google, and that's what popped up in Google, it says to be conscious or aware of something. We can be more mindful of energy we use to heat our homes, for example, right? Being conscious of the fact that um, your iPad, you have a relationship with it. Does that make sense? Like it's a window or a portal into a world that you told yourself you're not going to go into. So before you even pick it up, there's a window that can be opened. There's a temptation that's going to pop up in your head. And what do you do with it? Realize that you have control over that device. It doesn't have control of you. Right? So going in, have a plan. Don't just have your iPad somewhere where it's just accessible at all times, maybe. Right? That would be a good way to start. Have it on a shelf. Have it in an area where you have to open something up and get it. Even if it's your backpack, remember to zip that thing up and, and have it in its own area. Just to, it, It's kind of a memory peg to be cognitive or consciously aware that, okay, this thing, it's in its own, it's locked in a cage, so to speak, kind of like an animal. And if you're going to let it out, it needs to be trained, Right? It's more like you need to be trained, but you hear what I'm saying. Thinking of it as a as an animal or a pet or something may help, you know, bring an emotional word picture, right? That can help you remember your relationship with your device. Um, so that's one way of thinking about it. So when you use it, what are you using it for? A lot of times we can pick up our devices as a way to just get away from boredom, right? Like I'm bored, open up my smartphone and look at what? What am I going to do right now? So why do you look at the device in the first place is another question to ask yourself. Maybe even journal about. Sit and write down, take notes on. Um, why Why do you open it? Is it just to, to let boredom go? Um, sometimes it's good to be bored. <laughs> That's another thing these guys that wrote this book on mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy talk about. That we don't meditate enough in our culture. And we're so busy. And we have so much at our fingertips to keep us from not being bored. That that's not necessarily good for us. Sometimes it's good to just soak in where you're at. We're too technologically um, stimulated. And that may take some, right, some awareness on our point um, to step back from that. So I, I dig psychology. I like psychology. I'm also a theist. I like uh, theology. Um, I'm a theologian, so to speak, right? Anytime you talk about God or think about God or think about your relationship with God or the spiritual force of the universe or whatever, you're, you're a theist. That's theism. You're thinking about the supernatural. You're thinking about God, all right? Um, one of the words in theology that we use that I like better than triggers, triggers is kind of a uh, psychological word, and I get it. You know, you smell a certain smell or you see a certain thing. Has your mind go to some place? You know, this time of year, Christmas time, smell the branches and smell Christmas cookies or something. It might bring you a memory about. Um, those are triggers. 
in the psychological sense. When it comes to um, using your iPad or your tablet device uh, and you pick it up and you're tempted to look at stuff you know you shouldn't, right? That That's a temptation. So that's another rule I'm going to put on this that you can be mindful of is that it's it's a temptation and not a trigger. So when you start talking about temptations, you're realizing that something comes knocking, right? And you're tempted to open the door. Does that make sense? A thought comes to mind and you can either let that thought go or, you know, do something else. Change your mind. Push it back. Um, this is the defin- This is the difference between triggers and temptations. Well, I was triggered. I was triggered by my my iPad. Th- these are the folks who will say, "Just get rid of all your technology. You can't have a smartphone. You can't have a tablet. You, you know, you need to get rid of your computer." Right? This is just, in my view, it's just unrealistic. Um, that may be the case. All right. That's not. I'm not <laughs> ruling that out. But. One way you can have your iPad and not look at pornography on it is to be mindful of the fact that you're tempted and not triggered. See, when you're triggered and you start using that terminology, abusing that terminology, it says that you're a victim and you have no choice. And that's just not true. All right? There's a temptation. Are you going to succumb to the temptation? So... Keeping those two things in mind, being cognizant of your relationship with your device, having it as thinking of it as, a, as a, like a, an animal or a creature or a pet, right? That has the, the ability to bite you if you don't keep it under wraps. Um, and then the, the third one, uh, which I will bring up, is that you leave it put it someplace, give it to a friend, give it to your accountability partner for a season. Like if you've gone and failed so many times with it, keep this stuff in mind. But if it's not working, um, that's something to keep in mind, man. Maybe you need to get rid of your smartphone, get a flip phone, take the chip out of your phone or whatever, get a flip phone for a season, right? See, the reason I don't believe that you should just get rid of all your technology is for one thing, we use it in our culture, right? A lot of us have jobs and you need your device nowadays. It's just how we do business. It's how we do work. But it's also the fact that if you're going to get rid of your devices, then you should get rid of them forever. Which, again, I don't think is realistic for most of us. And I've seen a lot of addicts, man. I've been doing this a long time. I've sat in a lot of meetings. I've talked to a lot of people. I've done some coaching with folks. And what I've seen is when folks abstain from the technology, they're not actually abstaining from the the thoughts in their mind, right? So when they pick up the technology again, it's like a trigger <laughs> rather than a temptation, Oh, it was the iPad's fault that I looked at porn. No, it's not. So it's better to walk in the discipline and gaining some integrity over the fact that you're in control of your devices and that they're not in control of you, right? When we can take on that challenge, 
then we can see a lot more freedom. Because a lot of folks, what I've seen, a lot of folks who just get rid of their tablet, for example, what will happen is they've just delayed their recovery. Because six months later when they pick up the tablet, if they don't have that switch, right, the temptation trigger switch flipped, if it's just a trigger, then boom, you're right back to the behavior and start all over again. I don't want to see you do that. So that's why I think it's important to be mindful of the temptation to sexual sin, as we talk about in Christian terms and theology. It's called sin. All right. Breaks God's heart kind of a thing. God wants human flourishing. He's not a mean judge in heaven judging you. He's a loving father. It's a big difference. That's Christian Reformed theology. That's biblical. So speaking to the Christians there, if you're not a Christian, there's a word that in psychology is called dysfunction, right? It's the same thing. Dysfunction, disorder. I like the term sin because it gives me a choice rather than just saying I'm saddled with this disorder and I can't change it. Um, sin is the same, man. You can't change it on your own. That's why there's so much language of higher power in the 12 steps because we don't have enough willpower. All right. Um, however you think about God. It changes your life, it, it, your whole life, your worldview, whether you believe he exists or he doesn't exist, your worldview on who God is, on whether there's something outside you, right? You, you're born into a world that you're not in much control over, for example, right? So how we think about our relationship with the creator of this world changes everything. Um, Augustine a very early church father. He wrote books back in the year 500. That's some really great stuff to say. This cat did not do things because someone told him not to, right? Some Bible verse said, don't do that or thou shalt not. That's not why he didn't do it. The reason he started to write, he writes about this being self-aware and, and doing things because he gets to and wants to. Like one of his famous quotes is, um, love God and do exactly what you want to do. Right? And for the eros, all right, eros is a Greek terminology for desire. It can even be linked to sexual desire for someone else. Uh, but, but eros, or pure desire, Augustine said, is agape love. It's that unconditional I love you no matter what. That kind of love. That pure love that comes from God. That, that's how he loves us. When we get that, it changes everything. It'll change the way we live. It'll change our want-tos. Agape love. Um, I'm not perfect. I haven't got everything all figured out. I'm not sinless by any means. But living a life based on what I get to do rather than what I have to do is birthed out of my Christian worldview. It's birthed out of my strong faith. And as I see God and the Holy Spirit unwind my desires and my anxieties and my stresses, 
things change. For the better, down in my heart, regardless of my circumstances. Um, I hope this helps. A little bit about me. Who is Russ Shaw? Who is the host of ASI? Uh, I, I'd spend a, some time in my story in past podcasts. So I won't spend too much time on this. But basically, I started this podcast eight years ago. And I've let it go, turned it off and on through processes of uh, recovering some mental health on my part. But I started the podcast after a year that I had gone without masturbation to pornography, right? Without using pornography or masturbating, right? Um, There's other stuff I did, which was also bad, but that was a huge victory for me because I'd never thought that that would even be possible, that I could go a whole year. And I did that, and that was part of the passion for starting this podcast and starting the uh, process of a, a, a much better sexual integrity than I had been living. And, and it's been eight years now, and I am free. Um, I walk in way more victory from this thing than I ever thought possible. All right. I've been uh, faithful to my wife. That was a big part of this. Uh, my sexual addiction to pornography got darker and darker. And as it took over more of me over time, um, I had committed adultery, cheated on my wife multiple times. And it, it was just really dark. Seeing less just shattered, broken heart, right? I mean, the wives and the husbands who are married to, most of which unknowingly, married to folks with sexual behavior, right, problems, sexual sin rampant in their lives, um, those folks having their hearts just smashed on the floor like a light bulb, pieces scattered everywhere, tears, uh, the the emotional hurt, the Humpty Dumpty can't be put back together again kind of heartbreak that sexual integrity problems cause. Man, seeing some of that not happen again, that's why I pick up the, the mic and do this. My passion for doing this is to see folks walk in victory, right? Walk in sexual integrity. Uh, but that's going to take attitude. And that's what the show's about. So in a nutshell, that's part of the uh, passion for starting and doing this. A little bit about me. Who is Russ Shaw? Who is the host of ASI? Uh, I'd spend a, some time in my story in past podcasts. So I won't spend too much time on this. But basically, I started this podcast eight years ago. And I've let it go, turned it off and on through processes of uh, recovering some mental health on my part. But I started the podcast after a year that I had gone without masturbation to pornography, right? Without using pornography or masturbating, right? Um, there's other stuff I did, 
which was also bad, but that was a huge victory for me because I'd never thought that that would even be possible, that I could go a whole year. And I did that. And that was part of the passion for starting this podcast and starting the uh, process of a, a much better sexual integrity than I had been living. And, and it's been eight years now and I am free. Um, I walk in way more victory from this thing than I ever thought possible. All right. I've been, uh, faithful to my wife. That was a big part of this. Uh, my sexual addiction to pornography got darker and darker. And as it took over more of me over time, um, I had committed adultery, cheated on my wife multiple times, and it, it was just really dark seeing less just shattered, broken heart, right? I mean, the wives and the husbands who are married to, most of which unknowingly, married to folks with sexual behavior, right, problems, sexual sin rampant in their lives, um, those folks having their hearts just smashed on the floor like a light bulb, pieces scattered everywhere, tears, uh, the, the emotional hurt, the Humpty Dumpty can't be put back together again kind of heartbreak that sexual integrity problems cause. Man, seeing some of that not happen again, that's why I pick up the, the mic and do this. My passion for doing this is to see folks walk in victory, right? walk in sexual integrity. Uh, but that's going to take attitude, and that's what the show's about. So, in a nutshell, that's part of the uh, passion for starting and doing this. Like I said in the beginning, this thing got really dark for me. My heart got colder and colder to the point where I did things I said I would never do. Like cheat on my wife. If we let it, it can get to that point, right? The biggest thing I will challenge you with is not to let your heart get cold. That women, guys, speaking to the guys for a moment, women are not just pieces of meat for you to devour, you know? The fact that you don't look pornography and don't masturbate, but go to the club every Saturday and bang somebody new... Um, it's basically the same thing. A lot of, it's just, I'm not going to go all into that. It'll be another hour, but, uh, uh, hearts are broken and I get that this time of year can be hard on people who are lonely. It can be hard on people in stressful relationships, but that's part of why I'm a Christian. I, I, I'm I've realized and had to reinvestigate my faith. Actually read the Bible and learn about what God says about how much he loves me. Right? That through Christ, through my relationship with Christ, I've been reconciled to God. That doesn't mean I get to just go sin like crazy. See, religion says, if you clean yourself up, then God will love you. That's not true. God already loves you. And because he loves us and because he's blessed us and because um, 
because of his nature, once we figure out, learn that he's not some mean bastard, right, that I used to think, um, once we develop that relationship, once we spend some time in his presence, we realize that he is love and that he does love us. And then I want to obey him. Does that make sense? That's a lot different than I'm going to be good because if I don't, I'm going to hell. Justification is through Christ. It's, it's what we see all around us at this time of year at Christmas time. There was a theologian that was talking about the fact that Jesus probably wasn't born in winter time. All right, all the historical evidence points to him being born early summer, late spring. But the fact that the early church fathers decided to celebrate this in the winter, during winter, near winter solstice, right? It gets dark at my city up here in the, right? I'm not speaking to you folks in Australia, but think about the Northern Hemisphere. Here in the Seattle area, it gets dark at like 4.30. It is the coldest and the darkest time of the, the year here. And in Europe, right? And that's when, when these early church fathers said, that's when we should celebrate. God coming to earth, right? God putting on flesh. God entering time and space as a man and walking among us because God loves us. Right? That's when we should celebrate it. And the coldest, darkest time of the year because this world does get cold and dark. And God knows that. And he didn't make robots, right? If everything was just nice and fancy and great all the time, um, would we even love him? Would we want to know him? Would we care to know his nature? Just something to think about. Uh, we, yes, we have free will. And yes, God woos and comes after us. If you're have this struggle, most of you listen, all right, you can run from God, but he's after you, all right? It's less about you making some kind of a choice and getting saved, right? It's more about you just submitting to the fact that he's after you because he loves you. The creator of the universe knows how many hairs are on your head. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, what I've started in you, I will finish, right? That's Philippians 1, 6. It's, it's, it's all about you, but it's not about you at all, right? It's just true. What I've started, I've started a good work in you. I will see it through. God is after you and you can keep running. But I promise you, God loves you and he's going to keep coming after you. And all we need to do is just submit, bend our knee to him, to our Father in heaven who loves us. Abounding in steadfast love, slow to anger. That's, that's our God. He's awesome and he's great and he is real and he does love you. Despite your past, despite the pain, despite the hurt. This is a temporary place that we live and that's true. You're going to be dead a lot longer than you're going to be alive. And I just pray that you understand that you are a spirit with a body. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. And you have a body. 
it's just putting some disciplines and parameters around that body. That's what this show is about. Again, I love you guys. Leave you with a Christmas song you've probably heard a thousand times, but maybe you can listen to the lyrics and have some new ears about it. All right? I love you guys. Until next time. Bye.